Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 975-1280 the Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're at uh, RGS Exteriors and Construction today. Give them a call, 801-280-3110. Let's get out to The Zone phone. Joining us now, a former Utah punter, currently writes for kslsports.com. He's Tom Hackett with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Tom. Jens, how are you? We're doing great, man. How about yourself? How are things? Things are good. Things are, well, I guess they're not good. I don't know of anybody in today's day and age that uh, is doing all that well. But I guess things are as good as can be. That's what we like to hear. Uh, yeah, give that's, us a, your... that's a good attitude right there. That's the way everyone needs to look at it, right? No doubt about it. Uh, Tom, give us your initial impressions of uh, the 2020 Utah Utes. Well, uh, I, I was not surprised. I, I can I can assure you guys that. It was, it, it was kind of everything I, I thought it was going to be, although maybe I... I guess I was slightly surprised with how the defense played. Uh, well, let me just retract basically everything I just said. I, I was surprised <laughs> at certain aspects of it. I was surprised at certain So, like, the defense, right, you go in there and, and kind of the rumblings that I had heard coming from uh, the program were, was was that the defense really wasn't all that good. You know, they were, they were quite bad. Uh, a lot of missed assignments in practice, missed tackles. And, and so I'm going, oh, dear, you know, you start against USC – uh, who has probably the best four pass-catching receivers in the conference, uh, and you think this isn't uh, any recipe for success by any stretch of the imagination. But you know what? I thought they did okay. I mean, they held them to 260-odd yards through the air. Uh, they kind of limited most, most of the big plays. Uh, so, so I think that Utah defense showed promise. Um, and then, and then my other surprise was, of course, the offensive line. I, I was nervous for the offensive line going in um, because there were some moving parts. Like Nick Ford, who, who I think anyway is a guard, is, is playing left tackle. And then Braden Daniels ended last year against Oregon and Texas quite poorly. Um, and, 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 of course, they, they were dismal. Uh, I'm not going to kind of beat around the bush there. They, they were bad. And, in fact, the reason Cam Rising probably got hurt was because uh, of the offensive line themselves. I mean, you know, you're handing a football off on your own goal line, um, and before you can even stuff the ball into the running back's arms, you're, you're being swallowed whole. And, and so on too many occasions, I, I would also blame the offensive line for, uh, for, the pick, for the pick that Cam Rising threw, that simple screen pass to Ty Jordan. He threw it off his back foot. He didn't need to throw it off his back foot. Uh, so some of the blame can go to Cam, but the majority of it probably goes to the offensive line because, you know, in the, play, in the plays prior to that, he was so used to being under pressure uh, that just naturally he threw that, that ball off his back foot when there was, there was no need to. So, yeah, I was disappointed with the offensive line. And, and, and I'm no expert on football either, gents, but, but I do know this. Uh, it doesn't matter what sort of weapons you have at the wide receiver, tight end, or running back. Uh, if you don't have an offensive line... Uh, then, then it, then it doesn't matter. 
Uh, and I think that's kind of what we saw against USC. What, what do you guys think? Yeah, I think we talked about this earlier, and uh, I think you're hitting the nail on the head. We actually expected more out of that offensive line because we thought there might be a little more coordination between some of those players, uh, whereas there were so many other newcomers. Uh, last year's performance wasn't great by that offensive line, but uh, I guess a lot of us thought that maybe they would be able to piece that together and uh, move forward uh, having made some progress, but really didn't look that way, uh, not to me anyway. No, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you, Gordon. Um, so I guess like, like the thought process I had uh, prior to the season starting was, you know, I, I and I hope most Utah fans agree, like there were no trophies that were ever going to be win in 2020. Uh, you just, you can't lose that much talent from a year ago and then expect to be great. That's, uh, unless you're like three or four programs, the Alabama and Clemson's, Ohio State's of the world, like th- those programs can do it, but there isn't a program in the Pac-12 that's proven lately anyway that that they can kind of replace that much NFL caliber talent immediately. So um so so I watched the game um pretty calmly. You know, I wasn't I wasn't all that upset. It was it was what I expected. When I saw the line come out and USC was favored by just 3 points, I was blown away. Uh if I was a gambler or if gambling was was legal here in Utah, I mean, I would have thrown the house on on USC at minus three. I thought that was just absurd. But um, USC didn't look all that flashy either. I mean, the Pac-12, yet again, here we are, uh, talking about kind of the conference of champions, as they like to call themselves, and it's not all that flash. I I don't think Oregon's nearly as good as advertised either. So maybe I'm just having the Monday blues are getting to me, guys. I, I don't know. Well, let's let's talk positively for a second because, you know, a big theme about this team, Tom, was going to be the youth, and, and they do have a lot of young players playing. And I thought a few of them really stood out. Ty Jordan on the offensive side. Uh, Nephi Sewell balled out. I thought Clark Phillips was, was really, really good. What did you think about some of the young the young players, especially the freshmen that played? Yeah, Sione Fotu, I think you can kind of throw in there. Nate Ritchie, I thought, did, um, did some yeah. nice, nice things as well. So that, there's a handful of kids out there that – um, that are making their way at, at the collegiate level, um, which is really impressive. Um, you know, back when I first joined the program in 2012, there, there really weren't that many true freshmen playing, not just at Utah, but, but around the country. And then over the years, you know, you've kind of seen this transition of college football where uh, true freshmen are coming in and, and, and solidifying themselves. And I'm happy Utah's found kids. Ty Jordan, uh, I thought, was was special. Uh, I didn't quite know what to make of him. There was obviously a lot of hype uh, at a camp, Carl Whittingham talking quite highly of, of him. Um, and he kind of proved that. He, he verified himself, validated those remarks. So uh, he's he's special. What, what I love about Ty Jordan um, the most was his, his willingness to to, to, to make it, to, to try and hit somebody. Like as a true freshman, that's hard to do. Um, I know because I punted, and I remember my first game, I didn't want anybody within a six-feet radius. I mean, I was socially distancing in 2012 as a freshman, uh, and he's out there kind of asking for contact, you know, lowering the shoulder. Uh, there was a play he made against uh, Hafunga, the safety, who's kind of like a Marquise Blair-type safety, loves to uh, drop down into the box and, and make big, big hits. Um, 
and he put him on his backside. So uh, Ty Jordan has the potential, you know, I'm trying not to get too carried away here, of course, but he certainly has the potential to be a special, special player at the University of Utah. And I think they're going to utilize him more and more as the season goes on, playing him in the backfield, uh, and, of course, starting at, at the slot receiver. Because he, his skill set's high uh, as well. So he was probably the one player, and I know there are a few um, uh, that, that stood out, but he was the one that I just thought was was really special. And then Nephi Sewell, I mean, I don't know why we continue to doubt these these Sewell kids. Uh, it's in their DNA at this point. So uh, obviously, you know, a safety coming from Nevada, put on a little bit of weight. Uh, uh, but the narrative around him prior to the USC game was, well, you know, is he big enough to hold his own at the linebacking uh, linebacker spot? And I think he answered that question uh, pretty easily. He was he was all over the park. Um, really, really fun to watch. Um, just these kids kind of go out there blindly doing what they love. Uh, they looked like they were having as much fun as they could be, despite the scoreboard uh, going against them. But, you know, they, they held USC in the second half to nine points, and, and I thought that was a victory in its own right. What kind of effect do you think uh, having Britton Covey on the field will have for a team, even in an abbreviated season like this one? I think it uh, certainly composes the team, you know, the, the younger players more so than the older players, but, but the veteran type, you know, just knowing that somebody like him's out there, I think is, is helpful. And, and, and we kind of talked about the offensive line struggles. Um, but when the offensive line is having a hard time blocking, if you do try and throw the football, it, it all has to be pretty quick. Uh, and he's the type of player that can get open. Uh, rather quickly. Ty Jordan, another, and that's one of the reasons we saw Ty Jordan have as much success as he did. But, you know, it's the, it's the players like, like Brian Thompson, for example. Uh, he's the type of player that's a deep threat, more so than an intermediate uh, and shorter uh, rep type player. So, so I think Britton Covey it will offer a ton, Gordon, to answer your question, because if you can have two slot receiver sets, Ty Jordan on one side, Britton Covey on the other, maybe you line them up next to each other, you, you put you put them in motion, just, you just cause chaos um, before the play's even started, essentially. And then, you know, it's, 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 it's about playing the game within the game. And so you have to, you have to try and utilize your strengths. Um, and, and, and the deep ball is not going to be one of them until the offensive line can, can pass protect or at least show that they can pass protect on, on a somewhat frequent basis. There was none of that against USC. So, and what's, what's more concerned about the offensive line to kind of continue that depressing thought is, you know, it's not like USC was rushing many players either. I mean, there were like three, four, five-man rushes most. Uh, and so I think Britton Covey's big, big, big time. When he comes back, it'll open a lot. Um, Jake Bentley, assuming he's going to be the starting quarterback, it, it gives him some composure as well. Uh, and hopefully... He, he doesn't need to go through too many progressions, you know. And, and Britton Covey's that, that sort of player where uh, he beats most guys, or at least he did. He beat most guys off the line of scrimmage when healthy. He's kind of had a hard go staying healthy the last couple of years, which is a shame. All right, Tom, last thing before we let you go, and this really doesn't have anything to do with anything other than you, uh, you uh, were and are a punter. Uh, let, me, let me tell you a story. So I, I think you know Scotty G is the voice of the Aggies. He does the yep. Utah State Coaches Show, and this is a couple of years ago. Uh, the tech for Utah State, one of our guys, his name's Ajay, 
and uh, he, he does some radio up in Logan, but very ambitious guy. And he, uh, Scotty, was stuck in traffic and could not get to Logan in time for the start of the show. In fact, he was a couple of minutes late. So AJ jumped on it. He, he opened the show. He hosted it. He got to ask Matt Wells the first question. And this is two years ago when Utah State was really good and just smearing teams. And uh, I, I, I think you will like which direction AJ went. Let's, uh, let's play it for you. Go ahead, Austin. What about punting? I mean, how I mean, how in punting, how is there – we just see the guy kick the ball. What details go into punting in situational football? <laughs> <laughs> so, Tom, please, what details please. go into um, punting in yes. situational football? Give us those details. Oh. Well, let me tell you, before I get into that, uh, that's very unlike Scotty to be late. Uh, so shame on him. And uh, second of all, uh, the question, I mean, if I'm ever in a managerial position, regardless of the role, you know, we could be in the mortgage industry, for crying out loud. I need that guy's number because I'm hiring him. Uh, and he's going to be my right-hand man. You know, it's him and I. But, what about punting? So, <laughs> I've never heard such a thing. Like Pat McAfee, I'm sure many of you guys out there listening know who Pat McAfee is. He's half comedian, half uh, football analyst has his own little radio show but but long story short he used to punt uh and he raves about but i never i've never heard him put a punting question uh in that in that in what that details I mean, go into punting in situational football in, in situational <laughs> football people uh jeez i love it i i love right. it uh send me his number would you guys no, but but it, really, Tom, I want to know. I, I, I really want to know what the details are to being a great punter. Because you're certainly a great punter. How, what skills need to be mastered in order to, to be effective in situational punting? Oh, Gordon. Uh, it's so – it's really hard. Um <laughs> It's I, I, like honestly, like I so I teach some high school kids when they ask me to teach them, and a lot of the times I don't hear back from them after the first training session we have, even though I warn them or forewarn them, I should say, that there's going to be a lot of information come your way, and you're going to go home. You, you're probably going to have very little idea as to most of what I'm talking about, but just bear with me. You know, like like there, there is just it's so it's so detailed that it would blow. I could I could honestly go on for an hour. We just see the guy um, kick the ball without breaking stride. So, like, there's there's a lot that goes into it. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't even know where to start. To be fair, I, I well, just, we'll I just to... wondered, I wondered if you know, like, the stretching involved would have to be quite abundant, would it not? Because uh, if you're standing there, Tom, and you extend your foot, how far above your head can you get it? Nowadays. <laughs> You're not tear a hamstring faster than you could blink, my man. I would, uh, yeah, no, I'm not, I, I don't stretch anymore. Yoga's a great little tool. Uh, Pilates, my mom, she does uh, what they call Pilates for dummies. I think you can just buy the DVD on Amazon. Uh, that's a great tool uh, that I'd recommend as well. And look, stretching's important, but when it comes to the finer details of punting, every little motion, every little step, every angle of release, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's problematic. I mean, when I was training, to put it lightly to you guys, uh, when I was training to come over here, I would go to the, the, the local park for three hours a day uh, by myself. I had about six footballs. I'd kick six footballs. I'd, I'd jog down. 
I'd, I'd gather them, I'd take six footballs back, and I'd go back and forth for about three hours a day. And, of course, this was back in a time when I was kicking a lot, so my leg could handle it. I, can't, I couldn't do that when I came over to Utah because you just don't kick as much over here. But, but I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it took me, like, nine consecutive months uh, before I started to feel like I got the hang of it. Uh, and then 12 months in is when I was on my one-way flight to Salt Lake City. So it's, it's hard. Um, and, and I don't think it gets enough respect, but that's probably for another time. <laughs> Tom, we appreciate you jumping on with, uh, with us, man. Great stuff. Thank you. Yeah, and be well. Stay safe. Thanks for having me. There you go. Tom Hackett does uh, great work for uh, KSL Sports. Check out his work, kslsports.com. Writes hey, awesome. and, and a lot of RSL stuff, too. I just wondered if Austin wanted a little more uh, information about punting and technique and whatnot. Austin is going to, to strangle you through the phone line because we have Stuart Mandel coming up next. So we need to get to Tim here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Call them 801-280-3110. Uh, pretty much if it's on the outside of your house, uh, you guys can touch it up, fix it, whatever the case may be. That's right. We're here to help out any way we can. Uh, let's talk we did this earlier in the show, but let's talk a little bit about James Hardy, your guys' relationship. And this is just, I, you said earlier, 90% uh, of people redo on the outside of their house is what they're using? Yeah, it's kind of what, it's the, definitely the trend. It's what everybody's doing. It's um, it, it's really works well in Utah's climate. It holds paint extremely well. So instead of having to paint your home every couple of years, it's like every 20 to 30 years now. So it's a, a really good product. And, you know, as far as our relationship, we're an elite preferred contractor, which really just means that James Hardy trusts us more than anybody in Utah. Um, they give us all the referrals and, and we're the company that the, the go-to company for Hardy in, in the state of Utah. It's kind of like, uh, it's, it's kind of like tricks for people like me that don't like painting their deck. You know, if you yeah, don't yeah. like painting your outside, then this is the way to well, go. And, and you're going to laugh, but, uh, there's a there's a product that Trex makes now for siding. Oh, um, really? It's insane. It's really expensive, but it looks really good. It looks just like wood on a home. And if you go to any of the Mobetas around the valley, um, it's just that's exactly what they have on their Interesting. home. Interesting. It's, it's actually a Trex product. So and of course, cool. you guys do the stucco we, we, and stone and uh, whatever. You bet. Anything on the outside uh, to make your home pretty and 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 look good. Look, and, and one thing that we don't talk enough about is is w- the whole idea for getting your house done right is to get it watertight. And and that's where I think most people fail, and that's what our big focus is, is as soon as we get there, we get a house, get it wrapped, get it flashed correctly, and then putting on siding is almost like a puzzle. You know, anybody can do that, but getting it watertight is the key, and, and that's where we're really good. Man, that would stink if you get it, got it done and it started leaking. Oh, I'd be it so happens. irritated. It happens every day, JK. Wow. You can't, I can't tell you how many calls we get on a daily basis of a contractor that didn't do it right. Oh, that's amazing. That that would be infuriating. All right, get it done right the first time. 801-280-3110. 801-280-3110. RGS Exteriors and Construction. Thank you very much, Tim. Right on. Thanks, guys. Stuart Mandel next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Oh, baby, baby, it's a wild world. Hard to get by just upon a smile. Big show 975 and 1280 the zone. We want to say a big thanks to our title sponsor, Big O Tires. Winter tires starting at only $49.95. Only at Big O Tires with no credit needed financing available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. We're going to talk to Stuart Mandel coming up here momentarily, editor in chief of the Athletic College Football. Also hosts uh, a podcast, does a bunch of really great stuff. Covered uh, college football for a long, long time, Gordon. That's why we always like having him on. There's no doubt about that. And there's lots to talk about. 
Yes, yes, he, he did some tweeting last night, and, and let's just say he was uh, controversial in BYU land, uh, in, in BYU the, the BYU Twitterverse. In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. As I mentioned, editor-in-chief for the Athletic College Football, uh, he's Stuart Mandel with us here on The Big Show. Hi, Stuart, how are you? Good, how are you guys? Hey, we are uh, we are doing great. Uh, you know, we talked to Austin earlier before the show. And we said, Stuart, get us, or we said, Austin, get us the most popular guy in BYU Nation right now. And uh, you were nice enough to come on. I I love BYU Nation. <laughs> I hope BYU Nation loves me. <laughs> uh, let's let's talk a bit about this uh, BYU Washington situation and how you see it uh, from your angle. What's uh, what's happening? I mean, it doesn't sound like it's it's particularly likely, um, just because of the circumstances on both sides. Um, I mean, first of all, if Arizona State uh, can't play this week and Utah becomes available, just Pac-12 rules supersede everything there in terms of um, them having to prioritize the conference opponent. And then we know that BYU is waiting on tomorrow night's rankings to see if if they even need to play this game or if it's going to give them the upside they want. So, I mean, I'm not counting on it happening at this point but um i do think that if it's at all possible i mean i hope byu and, and tom homo they've talked openly kalani sataki about trying to add more games and, and quality teams and washington certainly fits that um off to a 2-0 start recognizable brand name program in the pac-12 and uh chance to play chance to play a power five team which obviously until last week we thought wasn't even a possibility for byu Store, what do you think of the uh, the stipulations that the Pac-12 put in? Uh, it would be nice for BYU to load in an opponent and be able to count on it uh, as much as possible in this environment we're dealing with now. But uh, isn't that kind of strange for the Pac-12 to say, okay, up until Thursday we can we can bail and uh, and, and and leave you hanging? <laughs> that seems well, a little strange. Uh, like a lot of things in this pandemic, they're making it up as they go along. And then, obviously, at first, they weren't allowed to do any non-conference. And then after that situation where uh, Cal and UCLA got paired together on a Friday to play on Sunday, I think the Pac-12 is like, yeah, we need to, to create more flexibility. And they're only thinking of themselves. I mean, they, they, they made that rule and uh, to give the school more flexibility. They don't care how it affects BYU or any other uh, you know, non-Pac-12 team that, that it may came up, come up. So some teams might be like, yeah, we really want to play a Pac-12 team, and if it means having to wait till Thursday afternoon to, to get the clearance, count us in. And others might say, yeah, that's unrealistic. Uh, you know, we need to, to make other plans. So, um, But it's not – I've seen it phrased on Twitter by a lot of people that Washington is, is putting all these stipulations. No, Washington's just following the rule that the Pac-12 put in place. What do you think uh, now in hindsight about the Pac-12 dragging their – well, I think they've dragged their feet a lot throughout all of this. But those two weeks uh, in between announcing that they had the daily testing program and actually announcing football was coming back, how bad do they look for dragging their feet those two weeks now? Um, I think that I, like a lot of people, bought the um, bought what Larry Scott was selling in terms of the daily antigen tests would would – basically prevent there from having to be cancellations, that they would, you know, catch the positive cases early enough that before they would spread and and you wouldn't have to have the situations that we've seen in the SEC and in other conferences and you could get your seven games in. But clearly that has not been the case. If anything, 
it feels like the Pac-12 is having more problems than, than anybody. Uh, I mean, poor Arizona State might have to wipe out half their schedule here, uh, you know, if they have to cancel a third game. So with that in mind, knowing what we know now, yeah, it's unfortunate that they couldn't get their act together uh, to start even as early as the Big Ten did. Now, there were definitely, um, as you recall, situation. I mean, I'm here in Santa Clara County, California, where they wouldn't let uh, Stanford and San Jose State practice until the last minute possible. But it, we also know that, you know, uh, from the reporting of John Wilner in particular and others, that from the time he announced that testing deal to, to when USC players sent that letter, nothing happened. Uh, they should have been trying to make it happen the second they knew this was a possibility. What do you make of BYU this year? We're all guessing a little bit. But yeah. the, 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 the caliber of competition obviously is low, but the eye test, when you look at Zach Wilson, you think, okay, this guy, this guy can play for anybody. Uh, what do you make of it? Well, it's not, yeah, I mean, it's not just Zach Wilson. He's great, don't get me wrong. Great offensive line, great running backs, obviously a defense. I don't know how many teams they've faced that have really been able to test them, but they've, they've risen to the occasion. And certainly, the you know, the Boise State game is really the only, I think, true measuring stick game we have, but they blew them out on their, on their home field. So I think they're really good. I have no uh, qualms about ranking them in the top ten, but they are definitely the team I'm most nervous for tomorrow night in terms of, where are they going to be with the committee? Because the committee didn't start doing their rankings uh, in in August, and you know I do think that BYU benefited in some ways from starting as early as they did on Labor Day, and, and a lot of people saw them uh, blow out Navy that night. Uh, and then obviously, just the way college football polls work, if you keep playing and you don't lose, you just kind of move up and move up and move up until you're in the top ten. Committee could say, we agree, they're a top-10 team. They could say their schedule is really weak and we didn't, we aren't bound to the AP poll and we're ranking them 19th. I have no idea. Uh, they and Cincinnati are the ones I'm most curious to see tomorrow. So with that in mind, Stuart, let me let me ask you this, because uh, there's a lot of buzz and a hope around here amongst BYU fans that they get into the New Year's Six. And I have the, of course, wet blanket opinion that can, they don't have an automatic bid. So that means that the the New Year's Six, you know, the, the playoff committee has to take Cincinnati or, or whomever from the G5 and that the likelihood of them taking another outside team and letting them in to take a cut of the pie is extraordinarily low. Am I wrong with that opinion? Well, with BYU, they have to finish ranked high enough and um, at, at a minimum number 12. And then there's, you know, there's possible have to be higher just depending on um, who gets slotted in. And, and for instance, I mean, an ACC team has to go to the Orange Bowl, even if that team is ranked 18. So um, they just have to finish high enough, probably top 10 to be safe. And uh, we have seen time and again, and this is why, I mean, this is the number one reason why I think they should, if Washington's available, play Washington. If Cincinnati wants to play, play Cincinnati. Because I don't think they're guaranteed anything in their system. And we've seen time and again where a group of five team, I know they're not a group of five team, but they basically played a group of five schedule, um, doesn't get pennant, like UCF, uh, or you name it. Um, these teams often are much lower with the committee than they are in the polls because the committee is very serious about strength of schedule. And um, BYU doesn't have a good schedule. There's no way around it. They deserve all the accolades in the world for, for even getting a schedule uh, after everybody dropped out on them. But it is kind of the, the, the scraps and the leftovers. And 
Um, I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if they're outside that top 10, top 12 range tomorrow just because of that. So, Stuart, forgive my naivete here, but I'm not sure what the beef is that BYU fans have with your position on that. I mean, it, it, it makes sense. I mean, it seems logical. I don't know. I mean, uh, some people may think that they are, uh, I, you know, that they're already in, a, in the driver's seat to beat San Diego State, and you're definitely in. I just don't think that's necessarily the case. Now, if the committee comes out tomorrow night and BYU is number seven, then, yeah, you probably can just, uh, you know, control your own destiny. And we just don't know yet. Um, in terms of the thing about, you know, they seem to be most upset about the notion that they should basically be uh, somebody's backup plan. And I get that. I mean, that's, Certainly, if you're if Utah is the other option, I, mean, I think that's why this particularly um, you know feels insulting. But I mean, if you're familiar with the concept of leverage, um, it's, it is what it is. BYU doesn't have any leverage here. They need to play a Pac-12 team to improve their resume much more than Washington needs to play BYU, uh, because if Washington wins Pac-12, Washington's going to a near six bowl. Um, there's they have that guarantee. BYU doesn't. Well, I'll follow up on that because I think. I think you're right. When, when, when a team is essentially saying we'll play anyone, anywhere, anytime, any place, it, it seems like it's it's not a good look to avoid any kind of opportunity. As much as I despise what the Pac-12's arrogance is about, as far as their stipulations go, just ridiculous. And I understand their complaint there, but if there is a chance, man, I would take that chance for the very reason you just described. Yeah, and by the way, that motto is probably the biggest reason they're getting the blowback. If that motto didn't exist out there, if there wasn't a T-shirt and, and Zach Wilson's headband, maybe this is kind of a, a non-event on Twitter. But, um, well, again, let's, let's uh, uh, you know, let's, let's look at the reality of it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It's insulting. Um, a lot of, of I mean, the, the whole reason BYU is independent right now is because they got passed over and Utah got taken. And I think that, obviously, I've interacted with both Utah and BYU fans a lot over the years. And there's obviously, you know, a lot of um, uh, animosity over that happening. Uh, BYU has the all of the things that a Power 5 program should have, uh, and, and they don't have the status. And so they have to, in this case, be like somebody's contingency plan. And, and I... It's not, it's not ideal. Nobody would say that it is. But, again, I don't know what other option they have. And I don't think you're being realistic if you say, oh, we don't, we don't need them. We don't, we don't need another game. We'll just play the game we have left and, and go play in the Fiesta Bowl. It's, uh, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't take that chance with, this, with the way this committee. I remember in the very first year of the committee, um, Marshall was undefeated going into Thanksgiving weekend, so maybe 10-0, 11-0, something like that. And they and they were in the AP in the coaches polls, and they were not in the committee's top twenty-five at all. They just kept saying every week uh, they haven't played anybody. We don't like their schedule strength. And uh, some see that as like a kind of a snobbish thing. They're very you know in bed with the Power Five, but it, it, I mean that's we can't convince them to change the rules. So those are the rules that everybody's playing by. And I would do everything possible to try to impress them down the stretch. Stuart, last thing, and, and moving away from BYU for a second and on to Utah State, do you have any thoughts about Gary Anderson exiting uh, a job, really his second head coaching job in a row, exiting in kind of a bizarre fashion? I I never understood the hire in the first place, and I don't 
Um, I can't say I'm surprised it turned out the way it did, other than just three games into a season is really, uh, really bizarre. And we, we none of us, uh, all of us who cover the sport, wasn't sure if there was going to be a coaching carousel this year with all the financial difficulties everybody's facing. And certainly down South Carolina, uh, it is going to happen. So um, at the time, uh, it was it seemed obvious to me that this was a mistake. I, I think um, the way he left Oregon State, the, the um, those text messages, the way he just, you know, basically didn't take any accountability. I don't know why you would have wanted to hire him as a head coach, but they did it, and it set them back. They were, um, they really had things going well, um, uh, you know, up until uh, last year, and then it kind of turned south. So hopefully, by moving as quickly as they are, he didn't even last a season and a half. Um, they can get a good replacement in there and get things going in the right direction again. Stuart, we appreciate you jumping on. Thank you very, very much. All right. Thanks for having me. Stuart Mandel, he's uh, the uh, editor-in-chief for the Athletic College Football, and uh, we love having him on from time to time. And, uh, yeah, he created some controversy uh, on Twitter last night saying BYU was ducking Washington and BYU fans were grumpy. I I, I guess I <laughs> – I mean, I understand fandom – and whatnot, but I agree with that sentiment that BYU should be eager to play whoever they can. As I've said it already five times on this show, I don't like the Pac-12 stance. I think it's ridiculous. BYU agrees to play Washington and practices its butt off all week long, and then at the last second, relatively speaking, the uh, the Pac-12 can swoop in and 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 switch opponents out. I, that, that, what a stupid rule that is! But I would abide that if I were BYU just to have an opportunity to play another game against a quality opponent because they've been so few and far between. Well, they played one. They've played one this season, and so. I I think it's worth BYU taking a chance. And if you really are that hungry, then, then yeah, you sort of work your way through that. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But at least you put yourself in a position just for the optics that you are willing to do it. The fact that BYU comes across now as being an unwilling participant uh, or a non-participant uh, that that uh, that sends a message that I don't think is overly constructive for the Cougars, especially with their stance. Uh, Kalani Stagi said a thousand times, beyond what you saw the uh, headband that uh, Zach Wilson was wearing, I've heard Kalani say that, that they want to play the best teams they can whenever they can. And so, yeah, it's it, it was it's an unfair <laughs> arrangement, but. Say yes, and then if they cancel on you, they cancel on you. But that's not your fault. Uh, that's just a stupid rule by the Pac-12, which is ridiculous. Again, it's ridiculous. But the Cougars need to appear hungry and unafraid and not say stuff like, well, we'll let's wait and see where we are in the college football playoff ranking. And then, yep. then we'll decide what we want to do. Is it fair? No, it's not fair. But I, I think there's a, there's sort of a perception here that, that BYU could have conquered by saying, at least in part, by saying, hey, man, we don't care. You go, if you want to run from us, run from us. But we're here. Let's play. 
Well, I don't buy totally into that wait for the rankings thing. I, I, I think that that was far from the, the complete story. And I think oftentimes the truth is more nuanced than the narrative. Like, for example, uh, there's a, a rumor floating around the Twitterverse that the San Diego State game might be moved up to be this week in Provo. So, I mean, it, there's there's more going on than just I, – I don't, I don't buy the narrative that BYU is ducking anybody. I think the truth is much more nuanced than that, and there's more so, irons in the fire. So you're suggesting that they will – that BYU's plan is not to play Washington, not to even agree to have the, the opportunity to play Washington. It is to move San Diego State up and then come up with a better opponent after that. Possibly. Or, well, who said or, that? Where did you get that from? Uh, Hatch had a retweet out there. Jake Hatch did about a half an hour ago. A retweet, just, from and who? it's just a it's just a rumor, Gordon. That's I'm not bringing it up like it's a, it's a report. I'm just saying there's a rumor out there. I, my my point is is getting into your mind that there are other things out there, and if you lock yourself into Washington only to be left at the altar because they're already preparing for Utah. I mean, yeah. it's just it's more complex. It's more, the truth is more I nuanced well, than, and, than oh, BYU's ducking Washington. And, and, but I, and you understand that I understand that. I mean, I, I think we've gone through this exercise on the show over and over again. I get that, but at least have the appearance that you're willing to play anyone, anytime, anywhere, and not not you know. I don't know who it was who said let's. Well, didn't Tom Homo say that in his uh, statement today? That, uh, well, well, let's wait and see where we are in the rankings or something? Yeah, that's I, part I, of it. But I don't think that's the whole story. But that's I a wrong don't. message to send at this point. Well, especially he's not into if it sending does... messages. He's into being the AD at BYU. Oh, I think he's very much into sending messages. That's what this whole thing is about. It's about trying to prove something. And uh, look, look. I think I think BYU. I hope BYU finds someone else to play because their schedule just hasn't been enough. Other than the fact that they've been beating these teams really badly and they pass the eye test, they do. But we're talking about people, and you've said this over and over again, who may be biased in what they're seeing, and that may not be good enough for this team. And what would be a real shame is if BYU doesn't. Uh, either appear or actually uh, appear to be willing to play somebody else or doesn't achieve that goal. And then they play San Diego State, and then they don't get another quality opponent in there anywhere, and then they're not invited to a, a New Year's Six Bowl. And then they go to some bowl game somewhere that no one's heard of. I mean, that, for this particular team with this particular talent, uh, and I'm not denying the talent, I see the talent with my own eyes. I see it there. But I want to see it proved on the field. And if this team never gets that opportunity this year, in part because BYU didn't want to put itself in a quote-unquote disadvantageous position, I, I think that would be a real shame. Well, I'm more coming up next. Not Sports Report 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Oh, hey, guys, Jake here for my friends at Zero Res. And I love this month because uh, it comes with a great promotion from Zero Res. They're teaming up with the Utah Food Bank, and they're trying to do a little good 
uh, by collecting some food. And of course, you know, Zero Res, they are the best in the business. They have the powered water technology, meaning they don't use soaps, shampoos, or chemicals, uh, meaning that it's safe for your kids and safe for your pets. And your carpets actually get cleaner and they dry faster. And because uh, their method doesn't leave behind any residue that actually attracts dirt back into your carpets, your carpets are going to stay cleaner longer. Now, I mentioned the Utah Food Bank. Here's the deal. Call them, 801-288-9376. Tell them Jake from The Zone sent you. They're going to hook you up. They're going to clean three rooms uh, for just $33 per room clean, which is already a great deal. But if you have a food donation, non-perishable, ready to roll uh, for the Utah Food Bank, Zero Res will throw in a fourth room for free. So 801-288-9376. 801-288-ZERO. Check this out. And now your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Show Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. La, uh, it's time for the Not Sports Report. Uh, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online. LHMUsedCars.com. Live at RGS Exteriors and Construction. We'll talk to Tim in a moment. But, uh, Gordon, where are we going today? I got two things real quick. The first one is this one. Uh, a shout out to a woman named Joy Andrew who lives over in England. She just celebrated her 100th birthday. What makes that significant, Jake? Well, for one, she uh, survived coronavirus in May, and she also survived. Uh, she was a uh, she worked for the British Air Force during World War II, and she survived a Nazi assassination attempt. She survived a plane crash, and she survived breast cancer. That's pretty amazing. That is amazing. And when she celebrated her 100th birthday, she received a card from the Queen, none other than the Queen herself. I thought that was a pretty cool story. And then there's this, Jake, and you will appreciate this probably more than most people, but uh, (laughs) a man in Cleveland, an unidentified man, he walked into a Cleveland restaurant Uh, had himself a beer for $7. And then when he found out that the restaurant was voluntarily closing because of the pandemic, the man left a $3,000 tip for a single beer at that restaurant. And when the owner saw it, he ran after the man to check and see if it was a mistake. And the man said, no, 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 it's not a mistake. I just uh, I just uh, wanted to uh, wish you the best, and I'll be back when you open again. <laughs> That's, that restores your faith in humankind, doesn't it, that somebody would do that? Uh, I think it's real. I think it's really cool. I, I think there are a, a lot of things out there that confirm my uh, confirm my faith in humankind. And yeah. uh, it, I had a meeting last week uh, planning a unique. Um, we're going to have a unique radiothon from the road home this year, and there was a lot of uh, planning that went into that last week. And uh, it, you know, I, I think I think people are inherently good. That that uh, that radiothon is going to be. 
Uh, I'm really excited for it in particular this year because, uh, you know, goodwill is inspiring. Well, and, I mean, uh, I, when, I like that sort of thing. When so, Yeah. When someone uh, out of the goodness of his heart leaves a $3,000 tip on a $7 beer and uh, when the owner runs after him and says, whoa, 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 I think you made a mistake. And he said, no, no mistake. I'll, I'll just want to, I just want you the best for you and I'll be back when you reopen. And then he said, share it with the other workers there. Cause there were like three other workers in the restaurant. He said, share it with them and walked away. And so, and he knows obviously what the man's name is, but he would not make it public because he said he didn't think the man would want that. So there are good people everywhere, folks. Keep it in mind. All right, uh, coming up next, we're going to talk to uh, Tanner Mangum, of course, making his weekly appearance on the show. Stay tuned for that. But we are live here at RGS Exteriors and Construction. Our good friend Tim joining, on, uh, joining us once again, 801-280-3110, 801-280-3110. Uh, what should we talk about now? Tim, you want to get back into gutters a little bit? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, I, for one, don't like cleaning out my gutters, nor do I like it when uh, big frozen – oh, I'll tell you what I pictured when I picture frozen uh, water in your gutters or whatever, that scene from Christmas Vacation where the the ice comes shooting out from the gutter That's and right. goes right through Todd and uh, Margot's window. Right when they're doing – what are they doing, dancing or yoga or doing something? She's like, what broke the, what broke the stereo, Todd? Yeah, and he yeah, goes, yeah. I don't know, Margot. That's right. That's right. <laughs> well, let us get out. Let's fix that so that doesn't happen. You don't need to deal with that. Uh, that's right. You know – it's hard. Utah, we have a lot of snow and ice, and, you know, you get those gutters fill up. They overflow. It actually does a lot of damage to your gutters, but it actually to your home. Um, plus, whatever's down below, right? Slipping and falling, whatever it is. So, yeah, happy to help out with that. We've got a lot of options. Um, we can completely eliminate the ice. Um, we can just melt it so that it melts channels so that you don't uh, cause ice dams. There's, there's a lot of different options that we can do. Um, and then, like you say, we can make it so you don't ever have to clean your gutters. I mean, the last thing cool. we want to do. Yeah, it's, it's miserable. Yeah, all that ice on the on the sidewalk. I bet your mail carrier or uh, Amazon delivery or UPS or what have you would be grateful if yeah. they didn't have to, you know, ice skate their way up to well, the front and, porch. And who knows? I mean, how much we're going to be visiting family. Hopefully, we we will this this season. But you know, grandma, grandpa coming over, slipping and falling on your front porch. That's the last thing you want to do is have somebody come and fall and and get hurt. And so that's we're here to help with that. And and also, uh, believe it or not, the number one cause of home accident in the United States is ladder falls. Wow, really? Yeah, ladder, ladder. So up there pulling ladder. those leaves out of the gutters. That's right. So anything we can do to stop that and to, to avoid customers getting on, on ladders is, is what we're for. We literally have every option that we can do on the siding, the gutters, whatever it is to make it so that you have a, a virtually a maintenance-free home. So it just depends on what the customer's budget is and what they want to do. So we're happy to come out. We look at it. Um, we're a consultative-based company. We don't, we're not a high-pressure uh, buy-now kind of company at all. Um, we're just there to, to consult and give give customers options, let them look at it and see what's going to work best for them, and and then uh, price it out and see if it'll fit. 801-280-3110, RGS Exteriors and Construction. Thank you, Tim. All right, thanks, guys. All right, we're going to talk to Tanner Mangum next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.